Sports. You're tuned in to the 14th annual Player Networking Event, live from Super Bowl 48 in New York on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Now, back to the show. Four hours. Now it's time for Lemont to jump in the seat and get everything rolling as we adjust the volumes here. 14th annual Player Networking Event. This makes my 10th one. I started coming to this event, Guide Troop, Howard, University alum and Howard Bison invited me out. Actually, I, uh, well, let me bring my, my co-host, Greg, in back into the show. And real quick, uh, my, my history with, with the player networking event, I started attending this four, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And Greg, um, it's been a blast, man. I had an opportunity to learn a lot and got a good friend of mine, Sean Moore, is coming in, former UVA quarterback. And he's coming in and kind of joining us. What is about this discussion? Just about the player networking event again for everyone out there listening. I started uh, attending this player networking event through Guy Troop, a Howard University alum. Uh, I consider him one of my mentors in life, and just some guys, a guy I can bounce things off. And I attended the my first one was in 2004 in Houston when the Houston uh, uh, city hosted in, in Texas, and I attended the, the event and and fell in love with it. I mean. I didn't understand the power of networking coming straight out of college and uh, still chasing the dream to play in the football, play professional football. But Guy Troop always told me that in order for me to get where I want to go in life, I got to start developing relationships and building that rapport with people. And uh, I'm going to bring Sean in on the discussion as well, Greg. And By all Sean, means. Sean, just go ahead and give us your, your background and, and a little bit of how you got involved with the player networking event. Well, uh, as, I, as you mentioned, uh, Guy has been a good fan, a uh, big fan of, of mine, and, and I'm his, but we, uh, we used to work together. We actually, when I, when I finished playing football in uh, 1996, mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out my transition uh, from coming out, of the fo- coming out of the league, and so I met Guy at a time where I was kind of uh, in dire straits trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and uh, Guy was an investigator with the NCAA, and uh, for me, it was... Not a few I was particularly interested in, you know, yeah. particularly on the enforcement side. But uh-huh. it was one of the most intriguing jobs I've ever had. Uh, I met Guy. Uh, it became probably the most knowledgeable position I've ever had. Yeah. And uh, that job really enabled me to stay in the sports arena. Mm-hmm. Now I've had an opportunity to work at Howard University, work for the National Football League. The Howard University. The Howard <laughs> University. <laughs> the National Football League. Uh, in addition to that, private schools and uh, coaching collegiately. So... I've had a tremendous amount of opportunities, and I think, you know, one thing about this whole transition process—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's forever transitioning. You're not—it's not something that you've—you've you've, uh, once you've hit a point, you've attained it. It's—it's it's a consistent transition. Yeah, I'm in transition now. So, <laughs> <laughs> was there a specific part of the transition? I mean, officially coming out of the league that you found to be more difficult than others? Absolutely. You know, one of the things I heard today on one of the panels was was that. Uh, once, once, if you play five years, you know the average, average playing time is what four years. If you get four, if you get past that four years, it's a bonus. Well, I was right on the cuff. So I played four years in the National Football League, one year in the Canadian Football League. So by the time I finished playing professionally, I was 28 years old. Right. Most of the colleagues that I went to college with were six years into their workforce. Yeah. So they had a six-year start on me. Well, you're going to work a lot longer in the corporate world than you are playing professional football. So. Right. For me, 
it, it, I was I was at a loss. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had yeah. a psychology degree from University of Virginia, which, you know, I feel like I went, went to the, one of the best institutions in America, but I didn't know what I was going to do with it. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you do with a psychology degree at 28? You've never had any office skills or any, any life skills in terms of what you want to do with that. So it was tough for me. And uh, I, I did a number of sales jobs before I really found my niche of getting into the sports industry. And I didn't seek the sports industry, but... Yeah. Uh, when the opportunity presented itself, I said to myself, I've been involved in football since I was nine playing Pop Warner. Mm-hmm. So with the opportunity to stay in the sports world, it's been, uh, it's been a bonus for me. It's, it's kept me engaged. Uh, and and, uh, and I, love, I love working in the sports arena. And speaking of sports, we're, you know, we have one of the best weeks here in New York City. I was talking about before we went to break that if it's going to be any city that's going to host one of the coldest uh, Super Bowls on record or allegedly, you know, we thought there was going to snow this weekend. I mean, uh, on Sunday, but for the most part, it's been, you know, quite fair uh, from the weather standpoint. But New York City has been great. I mean, New York City, uh, New Jersey has been great for, for the town and for the Super Bowl uh, committee. But, Sean, I want to get your thoughts on this. All week, you know, everyone was concerned about New York and New York hosting, and New Jersey as well, hosting the Super Bowl. Give me your opinion on what you thought about, you know, just how everything played out so far and this only Saturday. I think it's been fantastic. I think, you know, obviously with New York, the Jets and Giants get in this new stadium, you know, they were going to make a bid to get the Super Bowl here in New York. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when NBA players uh, see that New York Knicks on the schedule, yeah. everyone wants to play in the garden. It's like, you know, the dream arena that everyone wants to play in and everyone has played upon that large stage. I think it's the same thing when, when you come here and you play football. You know, I've had the opportunity to play here two or three times. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing like playing on the stage uh, of New York City. And uh, <laughs> however, <laughs> however, <laughs> in New York in February, at oh. this time of year, I'm, I was hoping, I was hoping it's a blizzard. Mm. <laughs> I, I, because, you know, everyone talks about, well, put it this way, you look at all the past Super Bowls for the last 20 years, they've been in warm climate uh, cities and even domes. Mm-hmm. And for New York, the Jets and the Giants not to have a dome stadium and to have this game in February. Yeah. I wanted to see snow, sleet, rain. I want to see it all because we've never seen a Super Bowl yeah. in that. I mean, think yeah. about it. We've never seen a bowl game like that since what the Packers and yeah. the Cowboys. That wasn't even the Super Bowl. It was the World Championship. And what's funny, everyone envisioned the Super Bowl being like that Philadelphia Eagles game oh, yeah. uh, early this year. Well, last year. And, you know, with all the snow and I think it was Philly yeah. and Detroit, right? Yes, right Philly right, and Detroit right. like three and, months ago. And everybody right. wanted that game to be like the Super Bowl. And it looks like we're not going to get any snow. Right. Now, how would you guys feel if there was a ton of snow? I mean, as former players, would you feel cheapened at all? Like, it's the biggest stage. I don't think you would. No. But would you feel at all like, oh, no, it's not the best conditions, it's not the fair matchup? Absolutely not. I, I put it this way. I think that most fans, most fans that, that won't be attending this game, they want to see some type of element coming yeah. to it because they, they're not used to seeing it at sure. the Super Bowl. You know, and, and now we've pushed the Super Bowl all the way into February. So, if you think about it, I mean, the game is playing later, right? And so, obviously, it's we're in the heart of winter, so it's cold. But I, I can tell you, my personally, if I had a ticket, I would sell the ticket because yeah. I would do not want to sit yeah. out in the cold to watch the game. Well, it's funny. I'm actually covering the game, so what's going to dictate to me depends on how cold it is early. Like kickoff, I can deal with a quarter or two. But you best believe, Greg, I'm gonna I'm gonna work my way down to that workroom and I'm gonna sit in there <laughs> on the halftime because. I don't know, man. See now, because here's the thing: that a lot of people don't understand. So many media credentials is given out for the game. Mm-hmm. 
not everyone, I mean, you're not Peter King, so you're not going to sit actually in the seat in the press box. So sure. you're going to be out in the stands with the fans. Right. And it's going to be cold. <laughs> it's going to be, be what, like 42-ish around not, kickoff? That's no, bad. that's not bad. The game's at 630. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, kickoff, 40, 42 degrees, that's kickoff. Half I'll time. give you that. Half, half time. In halftime, like a 45-minute halftime, of course, because right. it's the Super Bowl, too. So, And I heard, I have never played in the stadium. This will be my first time I met Life Stadium, but I heard it picks up a lot of wind in that stadium. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah, I mean, the old oh. stadium, this current stadium. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about seeing it on TV, as I've always watched the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> now, Sean, you know, let's transition, segue into the game. We, we, we talked about Super Bowl week and how much it means to us and networking, but let's, let's talk about the game. The game is tomorrow. Now, Starting with Denver, I mean, in their offense, Peyton Manning, your former quarterback. In your mind, can you explain to us the impact Peyton Manning has brought to the NFL and this whole career and, and what you think about his legacy? Put it this way. I don't think we've ever seen a, a more of a student of the game than Peyton Manning, particularly at the quarterback position. Uh, there are a lot of guys that talk about putting in extra yeah. work, take film home, stay in the office till the wee hours of the night. But this guy, <laughs> this guy, I mean, seriously, <laughs> when you talk about, stu- he's a valedictorian of the sport of football mm-hmm. because he puts in so much work. And if you just listen to his teammates, particularly the receivers and running backs, the guys that are catching balls from him, they- they'll tell you, he will not leave the field until it's perfect. Wow. And so to give him two weeks to prepare for a game, I don't care what defense he's playing mm-hmm. against the 75 Steelers, the <laughs> 2001 Ravens, I don't care. And, and the fact that Seattle's the top defense in the, in the NFL this year, mm-hmm. Peyton will be prepared. It'll be a very intriguing game, but um, he'll be ready. Yeah. And, and I think if he wins this one, if he wins this one, it'll be interesting to see how much longer mm-hmm. he will have left in the tank. And, I, and that's one thing that was been talked about all week. We want to know. Well, the media has been asking, including myself, is asking, will he retire after this? Will he ride out like Ray Lewis did or like Michael Strahan? And I, I truly believe he has some more left in the tank. I mean, I, when they played the Houston Texans in, at Reliance Stadium last year and I was covering that game, it's amazing how he just dissected their secondary. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is um, that, no, you know what? That was the game he threw for uh, – he, he broke the record with 51 mm-hmm. touchdowns. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. I mean, just watching it and, and just – I went down – I left the press box at halftime. I said, I got to watch this. If, he, if he's going to make history in this stadium I'm here, I got to do I got to watch it live. I can't watch it from the press box. So I, got, I went on the field and was watching it. It's just unbelievable how he can control, why one guy can control the outcome of a game. I haven't seen, I, well, I was too young to, to, to watch and cover Michael Jordan, but it, it just felt like using part of like history. and he, He's unbelievable, man. It's Put just, it this way, with that much left in the tank, and, and that much fight in him, there's no way that he steps away from the game. If, if Peyton wins the Super Bowl, the Broncos win the Super Bowl tomorrow, I can see him playing three, more, three or four yeah, more years. I agree. I agree with Just that. Just because of his love for the game, his passion for the game. I agree. And, and the league needs him. You know, it's like yeah, for what he brings to the table, guys, I mean, they don't say it, but they watch. You know, mm-hmm. they, they watch him. Between him and Tom Brady, he sets the standard. I mean, mm-hmm. I, Peyton Manning. When I, we was in, uh, well, he came to the podium after the, he broke the record. He asked, you know, every question that was asked, he answered. It wasn't like, you know how some guys avoid certain questions? Mm-hmm. No. He elaborated on it, each question, and he was professional about it. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, don't ask me that. You know, this, he was like, okay. But 
he's been consistent across the board, and, and that's what I like about him is consistency. All right, let's, let's go down from Sean and Greg. Let's talk about the offensive guys on the team as far as, uh, you know, his weapons. You know, Demarius Thomas, he's probably one of the most physical receivers out there. He's going to be going against, uh, well, I call him Big Mouth Ray, <laughs> Richard, but Richard Sherman. Talk about that matchup, and Greg, you can chime in as well. Sure. Talk about that matchup, Sean, between Demarius Thomas and, and Richard Sherman. Well, here's my assessment. Uh, I don't think that Seattle can take Sherman and put him on Thomas and say, here, all right, we're going to shut this guy down yeah. because that's, that's not who the Broncos are. And mm-hmm. this, this guy has been effective all year. He, he's a phenomenal athlete, phenomenal receiver. But when you have four guys and a tight end, really mm-hmm. a five receivers that can go out, catch balls, make plays, take it to the house on any particular play, I just think Seattle will be putting too much emphasis on Thomas to try to take him out of the game. And so I don't think they can do that. They have to plan to slow this team down. Yeah. And it, from, go ahead, Greg. No, I was going to say, I mean, I, I think Sherman, he's, we were, I was talking with this with Lamar earlier. I think Sherman is an incredibly good corner, but he's not what I consider the definition of a shutdown corner. Mm-hmm. He's very difficult to throw at, but he's not that corner where a quarterback is going to intentionally avoid his side of right. the field. Because he does a good job disguising his coverages. So I think it's going to be more dependent on the scheme of the Seattle secondary to take. It's not going to be just one-on-one matchups. It's going to be dependent on the entire secondary right. to see if Seattle is going to be affected. If they can, I mean, Manning is as great as a general at the line in identifying what's going on pre-snap as anybody's ever been. But if Seattle can disguise themselves well enough, Manning can fall into traps from time to time. Not often, but he does from time to time. Here, here's the crazy part. And, and, and having played the position, if, if you're Peyton Manning or any quarterback for that, any effective quarterback in the NFL, you want to see a defense come up and line up and cover one, cover zero, man-to-man. I mean, that's what you want. That's what a quarterback, you beg a team to come up and do that because you're going to always trust your receiver to beat that guy. That's what you do every day in practice. You practice to beat the defender. And so, you know, everyone talks about Sherman being a shutdown corner. I'm not taking anything away from him. I think he's a fantastic uh, defensive player. But they do play various coverages. They're not just man-to-man. They're going to play quarters coverage. They're going to play cover two. They're mm-hmm. going to play cover one. So they're going to play a wide range of coverages. But he's not in man-to-man coverage. Right. He may yeah. line up on the same side as Thomas, <laughs> but he's not in man coverage. Sure. Yeah. And it's like with Payton, you know, Manny, it's like what I, I love so much about him is he knows the weakness in the defense. Mm-hmm. Like he, the tempo that he sets early, as far as you know, Omaha, Omaha, he's yelling out <laughs> certain calls. To me, I watched two or three games, and it's like I, I learned now from a former defense player. Anything he says before Omaha, don't don't disregard <laughs> because after he says that, then he sets the he sets the tone. But less than thirty seconds before we go to break, Sean, real quick, mm-hmm. uh, from a quarterback standpoint, how much? Going into a big game like the Super Bowl, how much does it drain you parts mentally from a quarterback standpoint going to a big game? Like well, that? I think, you know, having two weeks to prepare for, for a game of this magnitude as a quarterback, I don't care if we're talking about Peyton, Russell, uh, Wilson, or the quarterbacks that have played the game in the past. The fact that you have two weeks to, to prepare a game plan, you're going to know it inside and out. So mm-hmm. every day, you know, the first day of preparation, you got first and second downs. 
The next day, it's third downs. Then you got blitz period. Then you got red zone. Yeah. Then you got goal line. So if you go over that over and over and over again, by the time you get to the, the Saturday before game day, you're going to know that. You're going to know. You're going to be like that coach on the field. I mean, yeah. who, Russell Wilson's going to know the game plan like the back of his hand. <laughs> well, Sean, I appreciate it. Real quick, who you got winning tomorrow? Uh, well, you know, being an alumnus of, of the Broncos, I got to stick with the Broncos. Okay. Uh, I think it's going to be a close football game in the snow. Uh, no, no snow. 31-28 Broncos. <laughs> Thank you. All right. It's time for us to take a break. And when we come back, we have more talk here at the 14th Annual P&E Networking Event. Long time coming, but I know the change don't come. Oh, yes, it will. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. 
In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. You're tuned in to the 14th Annual Player Networking Event, live from Super Bowl 48 in New York on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the 14th Annual Player Networking Event here in Harlem, New York City. Lemont Williams with Greg, Greg Nice, and, and we're waiting to get some guys come over, former or current players or anybody that wants to join us in the booth. And Greg, we had an excellent guest on just now, Sean Moore, former quarterback for the Virginia Cavaliers as well as the Denver Broncos. He mm-hmm. made his prediction saying that he thought his former team, the Denver Broncos, will win 31-28. So before the break, and well, now that we're coming out of the break, Greg, give me your assessment on the game for tomorrow. Well, I think it's going to be an interesting game tomorrow. I mean, there, if we thought it was going to be a 25-degree game tomorrow, <laughs> I think that was going to be one story. Yeah. They're going to say Seattle is going to have the marked advantage. Uh-huh. We don't know if uh, Manning can play in the cold weather. You know, I, I think because of last or because of the AFC Championship game, and Manning got past that hurdle with Brady. Yeah. I mean, Manning was 4-10 all-time against Brady. You know, he had to get past that monster in the room with Brady. Now he can go back to the Super Bowl. He's 1-1 all-time in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, I think some people unfairly label Manning as only a regular season quarterback. <laughs> I mean, unfairly? I don't know. I mean, yeah. yeah, he's got a 500 record in the playoffs. Uh-huh. But... <sighs> He's had some bad games. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean he can't play in the playoffs. Yeah. So I think Manning is more than capable to come in. It's going to be no worse in New York tomorrow than it was in Denver in December. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So the weather's not going to be a factor. I'm going to be intrigued to see how Seattle's defense stands up to Manning. Because oh. I think Seattle's secondary is going to hit harder true, true. than most anybody that's played Denver all year. Okay, so, I, I'll give you that. So we're going to find out pretty early, can Seattle's defense not only shake Manning, can they get the pressure on him, but can they put the yips in the wide receivers? <laughs> yeah. You know, are we going to start seeing some alligator arms coming out early <laughs> because of some hard hits? Yeah. Or is Manning just going to be able to take a 1.8 second drop back, dissect the defense, do the quick slants, quick outs, and get the ball out of his hands, and everybody's going to be safe? Yeah. If Seattle can't make a physical impact, on Denver's offense, I think Denver is going to have a relatively easy game of it. It's probably a 10-point game. Okay. Well, I'll give you that. I mean, I think with uh, Peyton Manning, let's go back to him, it's all about tempo. Yep. Tempo, setting the tone early. 
he likes to get in the rhythm. And I think it's going to be very tough for him to do that against Seattle early on. I think their defense, their secondary is one of the best. Uh, their defense line, uh, former teammate of mine, um, Chris Clements, mm-hmm. defensive end. He's, he played outside linebacker, but he said way into the defensive end. But so he's phenomenal getting off the ball. His his you know his first step is unbelievable. So with that being said, I like the defense of Seattle. I think they're aggressive enough to take away the passing game or at least slow it down and force Peyton Manning to be able to rely more on uh, Noshawn Moreno and do more running than than passing. Now let's be honest. Peyton is going to still throw the ball. Oh, I mean, absolutely. He's not going, you're not going to completely throw him away from, I mean, stop him from throwing the ball. However, you can slow him down. Cam Chancellor is a guy that comes to mind from a safety standpoint. He's one of the key reasons, in my opinion, not because he's my personal friend, but the fact that he was able to eliminate and take away Vernon Davis in the NFC Championship game. I mean, Vernon Davis was non-existent in that game. I right. mean, for a guy that's all pro and main weapon for the San Francisco 49ers, he was eliminated. He only had, what, four or five targets? Even, yeah, I think. <laughs> and, and out of four or five, two, he got annihilated. He came yeah. across the Miller, and he just, you know what, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even want to, I'm checking out. I don't yeah, even want to play this. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I see y'all next week in, in New York, <laughs> so I'm going to ask the commissioner a question. But no, I'm just teasing. But, um, yeah, I just, I, I just like the secondary. Now, let's flip it around. Seattle's offense. I mean, you have, you know, some of the best. I mean, you have a young quarterback, second-year guy. Yep. Russell Wilson. I mean, speak of, uh, talk about his uh, intangibles and things that he brings to the table. Well, for a second-year player, I think he's an exceptional leader on the field. I think he steps out there. He's got that, that intangible quality, like you were mentioning, that he can go out there. He can command control of the huddle. Everybody's going to respect and follow him. But, and, and, you know, obviously he can break contain. And he can run downfield in a one-on-one situation. Yeah. The issue is right now, though, I don't know if Wilson's arm is going to beat Denver. What? I think I'm, what? What? I'm just. I'm listening. You, I'm listening. I know I'm you listening. are. I know you are. But if you look, what did he have? What was he, 9 for 16 against San Francisco? And granted, like two or three of those passes were big passes. Uh-huh. I'm not taking anything away. But in the way that you would think of Peyton Manning's arm beating Seattle's defense, I don't think it's going to be the same way that Russell Wilson could beat Denver. Yeah, I think it's true. more going to be predicated on Marshawn Lynch punching and being the downhill runner that he is, which will set up a very strong play-action pass for Seattle mm-hmm. and make those four or five play-actions really important and make it really count. Yeah, and I also think, you know, with Russell Wilson, his ability to extend the play, yep, it's going to be huge. I mean, if he can extend the play, that's one, two things will come out of that. One, that their offense have another opportunity to get a first down or possibly get a touchdown, and two, it keeps the Denver Marcos offense on the sideline. Absolutely. I mean, his ability to extend the play needs to be huge. He has to be uh, uh, Michael Vick, Johnny Manziel, all in one. You know, he has to be able to extend the plays, get outside of the pocket, allow his guys to have secondary routes, not just rely on the first there. I mean, primary routes, but secondary routes. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you can't lose when you got beast mode back there. That's I mean, true. Marshawn Lynch is, like you say, he just want a ball. He just want to play and feed the ball to the beast. Let's ask the Russell Wilson question another way. Okay. If I said the final score in the Super Bowl is 35-31, more likely than not, who would you say won that game? 35-31? Yeah. More, probably say Peyton Manning. Okay. And if I said the final score was 13-10, who are you more likely to think Seattle. won that game? Yeah. 
So, and I, I'm not trying to be a detriment. I'm not trying to no, be a no. downer on Russell Wilson at all. I think he's an exceptional talent. I think he's going to be one of the top NFL quarterbacks for the next five to ten years. Mm-hmm. But at this exact moment in time, I think it's more likely that it's going to be, shall we say, like a Ben Roethlisberger type Super Bowl win. Oh, okay. Where it okay. might not be beautiful. Yeah. And he's going to rely on the running game. And he's going to throw a couple key passes here and there. Uh-huh. But I don't think Wilson's going to throw for 420 and three touchdowns. I agree with you. I mean, I don't, I don't think – I'm not anticipating him to come out there and light it up. I, I'm, he's an active game manager. I mean, what yeah. I mean by that, he's active as far as – he's unpredictable. He's spontaneous as far as his ability to make plays. Uh, he's poised. I mean, for a second-year guy, oh, absolutely. He, he's poised and he's mature. So the key for me to see with him is – is a stage too big for him? Does he rattle, uh, you know, coming out in the first quarter? Because let's be honest, he hasn't been playing pretty football in the no. last couple of weeks. I mean, he's been his defense and his his teammates allowed him to be successful the last three to four yeah. weeks, but he hasn't been dominant like the Russell Wilson that we know to be dominant. Well, let's say it this way, and we've only got about two minutes before we're going to take a break and you know regroup here, but. You know, you were saying it's been the past three to four weeks that Russell Wilson hasn't been, you know, on his game. Now, is that just because, or are you seeing physical manifestations of that? Is he, you know, overthrowing or underthrowing? Or do you see him just making poor decisions? I think it's poor decisions from a, his progression standpoint. I think at times he can take on a little bit more than he can chew. And it hurts his offense. It's all about rhythm. It's all about consistency, moving the ball, moving the chains. And sometimes with him, he wants home runs. and But you get that. It's like anything. It's like radio. We're on right now. I mean, four years ago, I wasn't the same person I'm on the radio now. Of course. So it takes reps. And more reps he gets, more experience he's had. I mean, he's going to go through it. He's going to get better. He's only in the second year. But he's surrounded with so many good players, young talent players that he can lean on. And that, that helps. I mean, you have Marshawn Lynch. You have Golden Tate. So, you know. You know, I enjoy I enjoy watching the young man, and I can't wait to see him tomorrow uh, as they prepare for the biggest game of them all, which is the Super Bowl between the Denver Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks. Well, less than 30 seconds. Greg, we're going to segue out of this and take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk defense. we we'll talk some more about the player networking event. we get yep. some people over here, and we'll keep having fun, man, enjoying this time with you, Greg. Absolutely, and I also want to ask you a couple questions about the transition you had from your career. Going perfect. from the NFL into the headsets. So for, <laughs> okay. for uh, Lamont, for myself, Greg Nice, we're going to take a step aside here from the player networking event 2014 here in Harlem, New York. We'll be back here on voiceamerica.com right after this. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Get in the game. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to the 14th Annual Player Networking Event, live from Super Bowl 48 in New York on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the 14th Annual Player Networking Event, hosted by Guy Troop and Troop 21 Associates. Lemont Williams here with Greg Nice in Harlem, New York, and Man, seems like it's starting to wind down here. I can't believe it's almost over, Greg. <laughs> it's starting to wind down, but there are a ton of people here. And, and we were saying all day, it's a great high energy, almost like a locker room kind of feeling in, in the building right now, Lamont, because everybody's just really excited to be here. Everybody's here for a good cause, you know, and everybody's here really just to support each other. No question. That's, and that's the whole and you, you summed it up right there. That's the whole point about network. You want to be able to be around people that you like. One, you want to be around people that you don't know so you can get a chance to like them <laughs> and get a chance to network. And this is, this, is, this is what, the, in my opinion, embodies the whole week of the Super Bowl. Having a chance to come out, enjoy each other's time, good music, good food, uh, everyone dressed nice. Greg dressed nice with the – you can't see him, but I'm going to just let you know, Greg is nice, baby. He is nice with the, the navy pinstripe suit on, the, Gold tie matching with the blue shirt. Man, you look like you're going to TV work today. <laughs> I don't belong on TV, I don't think. I, I need a little more powder on the top of the head to make that work. No, but you look good, man. Look I appreciate good. that. I don't come close to touching you. Oh, man. Now, we touched upon this going out of the break and uh, wanted to talk about some of that transition you had from yeah. the NFL. Yeah. Before we do that, let's give out the number and the hashtag, 888-346-9144, if you want to call and ask a question or hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag PNE14. But job. Lamont, thank you. <laughs> Every now and then I, I, I can I, drop a plug. I, yeah, I, I forgot to do it. Good <laughs> job, Greg. Um, so you started telling us your story a little bit, but I mean, yeah. walk us into it. Okay. You know, your, your NFL career starts winding down. What is that like physically, mentally, emotionally as you're like, okay, I'm no longer going to show up to practice. I'm no longer going to show up to training camp mm-hmm. and get my body physically ready. Instead, I more have to prepare myself for a career and figure out what I want to do, you know, pretty much for the rest of my life now that this phase of my life with the NFL is over. Walk us through that. Okay, well, first and foremost, to me, I, I, and I, I downplay it a lot. I don't, I don't think I had a career. 
I, I said I had an opportunity. Uh, for me, coming out of Howard University, I had an opportunity to sign with the Washington Redskins mm-hmm. uh, as an undrafted free agent under Steve Spurrier. Didn't work out the way I wanted it to work out, and I ended up finished playing professional football in the Arena League football. Okay. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people say, well, you accomplished so much. Uh, a lot of people don't even have those opportunities. So from a career standpoint, I'm not like a Lamar Campbell, you know, uh, who was up here, five-year guy with Detroit. However, that doesn't take away my passion and my love for the sport because I still love football. But uh, for my transition, when I got out of playing, stopped chasing, trying to get in chance to uh, get back on teams, I realized that I had so much more to do in this world compared to just play football. But I didn't know how to be able to do that, and I learned. And, uh, and again, if you listen to the first couple of segments that we had on the show uh, this evening, this is my 10th player networking event. Mm-hmm. I, I attended the fir- my first one was in 2004 in Houston for the Super Bowl. Lost, confused, didn't really know my next move as far as what I want to do professionally. And Guy Troop told me, come out here, man. Come out, network. And I ended up meeting some guys. And got a chance to do some some professional work as far as, you know, nine-to-five type of things. But I still wanted to – I had a niche to get into broadcast. Right. Didn't know how, how I wanted to do it. And I uh, I don't know if you know Ray Ellis. Ray, I mean, you know Ray Ellis. Of course but I do. I know you know Ray Ellis. But I don't know if you knew about the story between Ray Ellis and how Force America got involved. Go for it. With, with P&E. And, and I was the guy that bridged the gap. I was the one – Ray, I reached out to Ray. I cold-called Ray Ellis one time. Uh, a couple of years ago, about four or five years ago, and say, hey, I want a show. I don't know anything about radio, but I know that everything is going digital. At the time, it wasn't. You know, now you have dot-coms getting uh, credentials, whereas five years ago, it was unheard of. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I was like, man, I, I feel like it's going to, from a digital standpoint, everything is starting to take off. How can I get involved? And I got involved. Ray, Ray was like, man, I'm trying to get some young brothers on. Some young guys on that's trying to uh, is excited about the industry that really want to cut their teeth, and I merged the two. I I saw that you know Guy Troop had a hosting event, which we're here, the 14th annual Player Networking event, mm-hmm. and Ray Ellis wanted to be a part of it, and one thing led to another, and I got a chance to meet Greg Nice. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> so, is not the pinnacle. That's not even the pinnacle of your day. Come no. on. But no, that was a, no. It is. It is, man. You're a great guy, man. I'm, I'm glad to be sitting here with you. I learned a lot. I can tell you have a, a, a lot of experience in this industry as well. Well, like you were talking about passion. I have a passion for this sort of thing. You know, it's one of those things. Sports is always my thing growing up. Mm-hmm. But then technology was kind of a second best. You know, computers, talking, public speaking. Mm-hmm. And then one day I was like, you know, maybe this should all blend together. Yeah. Maybe I can talk about sports. And lo and behold, I find myself here with you guys today. <laughs> I mean, that's the pinnacle yeah. of my day. I don't, know, uh, I don't know if it goes the other way. No, but it's good, man. It's, it's, it's a good mix. It's a good mix of, of, of understanding where you want to go and how you want to get there. But you, you, you have to understand that you can't get to anywhere in life without other people. Of course. You always have to treat people the way you want to be treated. And you got to respect people's space. You got to respect their, their backgrounds because everyone is different. Everyone comes from a different environment. We all have our own stories. But at the same time, we all have one common goal, and that's to succeed. We yeah. all want to get... We all, we all, well, not all, majority of people want to succeed. Majority of people want to get better. Majority of the people want to continue to push that envelope and, and seek other things out there. I mean, and I like being around people like yourself. I like being around people like Lamar Campbell. That's, you know, look at the glass 
half, you know, half, half full instead of half empty. You know, very optimistic about life and want to get out there. And, you know, it's not afraid to network, not afraid to get out there and meet new people because you never know. I mean, we're only a couple of people away from knowing the president. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, one thing that's very interesting, you were just saying that, you know, a lot of people or the majority of people are optimistic and want to succeed. Well, even better than that, the majority of people, I think, want other people to succeed as well. You know, they want what's best. You know, maybe they don't know what a Lamont Williams wants and what a Lamont Williams needs. But if you come to them and say, hey, this is what I need to be successful or, hey, I just need help. Mm -hmm. They're going to open up and they're going to help you out. And that's the kind of thing that you're going to find at this player networking event. Everybody here legitimately wants to help somebody else. Yeah, no question. I mean, I, I met a young man just now. And what's funny, I want to do more from a branding standpoint, do more community service. I want to get out there and be able to talk uh, to the kids and make an impact that way. And, and I feel like I met the right guy just today. I mean, he, we're talking about possibly going out and doing some more work in the community, speaking to kids. That's what I look to do, and that's what I want to do. Because that's at this point in my life now, that's how I feel like I will make an impact. Mm-hmm. And that will be part of my legacy i'm working on building a, a, a long-lasting legacy where you know they can say well what was lee my Williams about well he was a guy that was about the community he was a guy about kids and and with my little success in broadcasting right now i'm trying to leverage that and get more opportunities to to be out there in the community and talk to people nice so. that sounds like what i want to be doing too <laughs> <laughs> let's do it together then greg hey i'm in sign me up yeah so okay I'm going to spin the table on you. We okay. had Lamar and I had a fun theme that we were going through through most of the interviews today. We got a couple minutes left in this segment. Okay. Do you have any fun locker room stories that are PG <sighs> enough that you can tell on the air? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got a few. I have a few. I, you know, the ones that always come to mind is the one the pranks and the jokes. You of know? course. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, just some of the things that jumps out of me is the uh, you know the shaving cream. In the socks or, like, in the shoes or hiding the guy's playbook during training camp, you know, and he's freaking out because, you know, he can't find his playbook or just things like that, uh, you know, t- taking out his clothes and, and putting them somewhere and they're like, I mean, just lock them in the PG version. This is the PG version. Of so, course, I mean, I'm not going to give you the uncut, but the PG version. It's just little things like that. Uh, uh, you know, I've seen guys... Uh, cut other guys' wives out, face, I mean, face, oh, no. yeah, <laughs> and put them on people, other people's body in the locker room. It's just little things like that. that you know, you got to find a way to break the monotony of everyday grinding. You got to find a way to kind of reconnect with people and, and have some fun. I think the most memorable story that we heard so far today was the idea of Jared Allen showing up to practice on Halloween in full Daisy Duke gear. Wow. With the shorts, with the tied-up shirt, with his hair up in a ponytail, and then just turns, you know, comes in during team meeting, sneaks up behind coach while he's talking in front of the team, and starts dancing as Daisy do. Now, <laughs> anybody, any guy, that story's funny about, but Jared Allen, <laughs> wow. I, it's one of those things I desperately want to see and never, ever want to see in my life. <laughs> Jared Allen's a character, man. He's a guy that <laughs> will always keep you on your toes. He. Reminds me of a uh, Chris Cooley. Remember Chris Cooley? Yes, I do. Play tight end for the Redskins. <laughs> always on his toes. Always having something spontaneous to do. 
<laughs> you got to appreciate guys like that, guys that's willing to uh, to fight and, and, and just not just be, you know, stale. Just kind of always want to open up themselves and be available uh, in a funny way for not just the, for players but for coaches too. I mean, it's, <laughs> I find I, I, I'm just laughing about it because I can only imagine how it looks. <laughs> You know he's six six, six seven coming in from Daisy Dukes on. That's yeah. It's like I said. It's something that you want to look at, and that it's like a train wreck. You you want to see it, and you can't you can't unsee it once you've seen it. <laughs> oh, just to throw it out there again, our number is eight 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 three four six nine one four four. Catch us up on Twitter hashtag pne fourteen. We're gonna step aside here from the Player Network event twenty fourteen. We've only got about an hour left. So if you want to call in, talk about your player networking topic, you want to talk about the Super Bowl, make sure to reach out to us. Do that sooner rather than later. We'll have some more guests. We'll have some more fun with Lamont. We'll take a step aside for now, and we'll be back. Lamont, Lamont Williams, Greg Nice, here on voiceamerica.com. to the pros we, we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports have you had a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog press pass if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews philosophy business tips and tactics spirituality positive thought current events and even more about your favorite host it's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
You're tuned in to the 14th annual Player Networking Event, live from Super Bowl 48 in New York on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Miss Studios here in Harlem, New York. Greg Nice, Lamont Williams here in studio. We're having a great time talking about player networking, talking about the Super Bowl, talking about all sorts of various things. And now we get to bring in our friend, our social media guru. I'm going to say Jill. You can say the rest. Schiffelbein. Schiffelbein. I knew I wasn't going to get around the first time. I was tongue-tied last year trying to pronounce it live. Who was on TV? Who was on stream? Yeah, it was on TV. Well, I played we it way back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could have gone Jill Schiffelbein. I would have sounded like the guy from uh, Meet... Um, Rookie of the Year. Yeah. You know, if you just kind of sneeze, it okay. comes out right. That's fine. You know? <laughs> yeah, I've got the simple name and nobody says it right anyway, so I, it's fine. It's okay, but you know, the Schiffelbein, I have to say this because it's humorous and those listening can't see this, but I had this large brace on my knee, oh, a ton no. of PCO tape, ACL, MCL, yeah. meniscus. My last name in German translates roughly into one with a deformed or crooked leg. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So how's it going, Jill? You know, it's going really well. It's good to be back at PNE. It's my second year here and I'm loving it. So what? Ex- so for those at home who didn't hear you here last year, yeah. what's your role here at the PNA? You know, this year my company, Impromptu Guru, which is a communication and media consulting company, is running the official social media campaign through Twitter for the player networking event. So if you're listening out there, hashtag PNE14, you can follow along. We had a ton of great tweets going out during our panel sessions, which are invite only, which are more exclusive, more private. Not everyone here got into those. And so you can still follow along and be a part of the conversation. So as a social media guru, do you find yourself giving kind of that like outward facing advice to players on how they want to relate themselves to the world through social media? A lot of it is dealing with the logistics of it. So for a player, you logistically have to think, this is my player personality. This is my on-field versus off-field. And this is my me personality. They don't want to know images. They don't want to know apparitions. They want to know people. And so when it comes to using social media as an athlete, it's really about getting yourself out there personally in a way that will make your on-field and off-field personalities consistent. So it's interesting conversation I was having with Lamar (laughs) earlier. We were talking about uh, Richard Sherman and how he reacted in his post-game interview two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Had you been guiding and working with Richard Sherman, would you have thought that his interview was something good for his image, or do you think that it hindered his image? I think it depends on who you ask, and I know that's a wishy-washy answer, and I'm going to tell you why on both ways. Number one, when you're in that type of situation, you have so much emotion. He literally just came off of a career-changing yeah. play, mm-hmm. right? And you're immediately getting accosted by microphones and everything, and I mean, if I'm a player, I just want to celebrate for a minute. Give me yeah. my space. And he didn't have that time. So the emotions came out of him, and that makes him human. And so, yes, was it a little intimidating? Mm-hmm. Aaron Andrews, I think she was a bit scared. Yeah. But, you know, she, to her credit, she did a good, you know, as good of a job as anyone would have hoped in handling that. And later that same night, Sherman came back and said, yeah, I was a bit excited and just owned it. You mm-hmm. know, he didn't try to deny what he said. He didn't try to deny that that was going on, that that was out there. And that's what made that a good thing. So I think in terms of, will it damage his career long-term? No way. No way. Did he potentially have some people initially, you know, I saw all these things on Facebook, you know, 
the face of Richard Sherman with his yelling <laughs> in the interview just made new Broncos fans. You know, <laughs> is it a temporary thing? Yeah, it's a small point in time in his career, which I'm sure will be long and continue to be fruitful. Well, well speaking of, of Sherman and, and the Super Bowl, Jill, I want to ask you a question. All week has been talk about Marshawn Lynch mm-hmm. and his ability. And, I mean, his stand on not talking to the media mm-hmm. and not expressing himself. You being an improv guru and you being a public speaking expert, Give me your thoughts on that, and do you feel that the NFL was being more of a bully and the media has been more of a bully to force someone to talk that really doesn't like talking to the masses? Or do you feel like, you know, Marshawn Lynch, in a way, was kind of being very unprofessional? With Marshawn Lynch, the situation, it's difficult because on one hand, you want to respect a player's right Mm -hmm. to refuse an interview. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, from the player perspective and what is that doing to his brand, Yeah. That's a consequence that he's going to have to live with. Mm-hmm. So if he is comfortable dealing with the consequences of that action, I personally see, okay, I can understand yeah. why you were doing it. As someone you know who's in the limelight all the time and just always getting approached by people, it's easy to get overwhelmed with it. And you know what? You just want to focus. Mm-hmm. And that takes some of it away. So I can understand why he made the decision, but he also has to be prepared to deal with the consequences and the fallout of those decisions. Yeah, because I was actually a part of the selection committee, or I call it a committee, or a selection crew that interviewed him for eight minutes and early on and here's my thoughts Jill and Greg early on in the week I thought he was being unprofessional I thought he was being a little stubborn I thought he knew exactly what he was getting into from the media standpoint this is the Super Bowl you get over what they said was 3,900 media credentials or something like that so you have 4,000 people here to interview you you're the key component to the offense you have to understand that going into this week but and I say this now because after experiencing what I experienced with him on, what I want to say, Thursday morning, this kid is, I mean, not a kid, but the young man is, he's uncomfortable. I mean, I was actually literally sitting in front of him. You can tell it's like with every question, it was kind of like a, a physical blow to him. Mm-hmm. It felt like he was, you can see the uncomfortable. His body language just spoke volumes. It's like he's just very uncomfortable. He had his full back there to help him out. But at the end of the day, he was uncomfortable with the situation. And it was just painful to watch. You know, I think that happens to a lot of athletes, Mm -hmm. no matter what sport they play. And one of the things I do in my business, as you know, Mm -hmm. is media coaching. So I actually released a book Mm -hmm. in October. Congratulations! Yeah, thank you. The Mm -hmm. Athletes Media Playbook that really talks athletes through the idea of what media really is. Like, let's learn to navigate this media landscape together. Mm -hmm. Then let's give them you know, tactical skills that you can use during the interview process to make it easier on you. And then finally, how can you parlay that interview, parlay your media exposure into really building a sense of community that supports you and backs you, even when you have your little hiccups, you know, along the road. And for Marshawn Lynch, it's, if you're uncomfortable, I feel, you know, I feel bad because so many players have never gotten a media coach to back them up. Mm -hmm. They've never had anyone tell them that, you know what? There is no one such thing as, here's a perfect media appearance. No. There's, here's what the personal and perfection is for Lemont, mm-hmm. what it is for Jill, what it is for Greg. It's what it is for you as an individual. And a lot of people, when they get put in the system, they're just forced to go and go and go and be exposed to media without really getting any training, any coaching, or any permission to be themselves. Yeah, and the thing that caught me by surprise is that they wanted me to come in to talk football, just football-related questions. And that's what he was more comfortable with. So if you heard any questions as far as blocking schemes and, uh, you know, his stiff arm, that was generated from my original question. Because in, in the world we know, in sports media and stuff, everything is a sound bite, Greg. You know how that works. Absolutely. So you don't, know, you don't hear who asked the question. You just hear his response. But 
that way I saw him open up more when we talk more about the sports side. I mean, the, his, his intangibles, things that he likes to talk about. I actually wanted to talk more about hip-hop. He's a big hip-hop guy. Things that makes him more comfortable will open him up, in my opinion. And I want you to get your thoughts mm-hmm. on that, too. As a media guru and as a, a public speaking expert, talk about if you was his personal coach from a media standpoint, how would you help him over, overcome these obstacles as far as not talking? We're talking about Marshawn Lynch. Right. And first of all, it's really getting to know the person as an individual. Mm-hmm. And so many you know, programs that are out there, they're a cookie cutter approach. They just go through a gamut and you hope to turn out a good product, but that doesn't always work for people. So really finding what makes people tick. So for example, if someone's comfortable talking about football, then you know what? Every interview that that person goes in, the interviewer needs to know, hey, we're going to start out with some game-related questions. Let's warm it up that way. Other people are the exact opposite. They want to start out with a personal side and then they want to work inward to it. I mean, just like last year at Lamont, when we were on TV, at the end of it, you asked me, so what do you think about Colin Kaepernick? And I gave you an answer and you just kind of looked at me, okay. You know that story. That that's good. You got to yeah. start where people are comfortable. You have to start where people are comfortable. I mean, you got to work. You got to find a way to work it in and get them to relax because everyone's coming in with their guards up. So if you get them to relax, then you get them to open up. It's, about, it's like what they said out there in the panel. It's like engaging, engaging yourself. We're at a networking event. This is the 14th annual networking event. Who comes to a networking event don't want to talk? I mean, <laughs> yeah, really. So you got to find a way to engage yourself with other people. And build that up. What's our time looking like? We're actually right up against it. Jill is going to ask one parting question for you. If you had one piece of advice regarding social media to give just to the general masses, it's a very vague general question, I know. But if you had one piece of advice to give, what would you give? You know, there's a cliche out there, and whoever created it is a marketing genius, that diamonds are forever. Well, that's not as true as social media being forever. Anytime you put something out via social media, no matter what you think your privacy settings are, it is forever. The Library of Congress archives our tweets, for example. (laughs) I did not know that. But people don't think of that. So I always say, follow the family tree rule. If you're comfortable with your parents or your siblings, your parents, and your grandparents reading what you posted, Mm. you're probably going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Jill. Jill Schiffelbein. Schiffelbein? Yep, you got it. Impromptu Guru, thank you so much for your social media advice. We're at the top of the hour. We're going to step aside here on voiceamerica.com from the PNE 2014. For Greg Nice, Jill Schiffelbein, Lamont Williams, we'll be back in a few minutes here on voiceamerica.com. Long time coming. Long time coming. But I know the change don't come. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. 